Hey there, it's me, Deborah. In this new season of Good Girls Talk About Money, we want to hear more from you. Whether it's your feedback on an episode, a question for us, or a response to a question we asked on the show, send them over to goodgirlstalkaboutmoney at gmail.com. In January, we asked, what are the three things you would do with your money in 2023 that you didn't do in 2022? Here's an answer from Marianne Wee, a 44-year-old owner of a boutique PR agency in Singapore. Diversify my portfolio. I realized belatedly that I was very heavily invested in US tech equities, and it was the asset class that fell the most in 2022. I'm looking to diversify into other asset classes and also other markets this year. Number two, build up my backup funds and investigate fixed deposits. I'm looking to build up my emergency funds to give myself peace of mind and take advantage of the good rates for fixed deposits now. Number three, Continue on dollar-cost averaging investing. I'm looking to do more of this in 2023 since market is still down and presents a good opportunity to ride the recovery when it eventually happens. I just have to not panic when the market slides. Sensible advice, Marianne. Thank you for sharing your response with us. Now, on to the show. Hi, I'm Deborah, a crypto comms professional who loves all things money. And I'm Hui Yu, a financial advisor who wants to help you fall in love with money. Welcome to Season 3 of Good Girls Talk About Money, the monthly podcast that talks about how to better understand your financial well-being and improve your confidence in handling your money. Enjoy the show! Hey everyone, welcome back to Good Girls Talk About Money. Um, some of us love to drink it. Some of us, when we go to Japan, for example, make a special day trip uh, to, to this place to uh, maybe find out about the process of creating this particular beverage. What am I talking about? I'm talking about whiskey. And if you're a whiskey lover like me, then today's interview is um, going to be very interesting for you. And with me today, I have Matthew Lin from Whiskey Cask Club. Welcome, Matthew, to Good Girls Talk About Money. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so, you know, tell us a little bit more about yourself, how you how you come to, you know, uh, be involved in the Whiskey Cask Club, and what is it about, actually? Oh, okay. So I'm a whiskey lover myself, too. Um, I drink whiskey, and I always wanted to explore i mean i'm i'm really confined myself to you know the 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 well known brands that you see at pfs and all the stores and um i really want to explore different kind of whiskey um so i've been reading and learning more about whiskey and thanks to alex our founder for whiskey cast club who invited me to be in this business um and i thought that it was a good opportunity for me to learn and earn some money as well <laughs> Right. So Alex um, and some other some of our partners founded the Whiskey Cast Club um, in mid to late two zero two one. Um, it was really about bringing this wonderful investment into this side of the world. Um, Whiskey Cast investment is not something new globally. I think 
what's lacking in this side of the world is a proper footprint on ground presence um, in most of the countries in this region. Um, and so Alex stood on this opportunity and invited me to be part of the team um, to establish a presence in Singapore and to share this wonderful investment with the good folks all around home. Nice. Yeah. And, you know, um, I think most of us, when we think about whiskey, we're thinking about drinking it. We're thinking about maybe the golden brown liquid in a very nice glass bottle that we might put on, you know, our home bars and stuff like that. So when friends come to our place, you know, we serve out whiskey and stuff like that. But can you kind of take us through what the current market is like for investing in whiskey? I mean, is it a very attractive investment asset. You know, what, what is it about? Tell, tell us more about it. Um, when it comes to investment, of course, there's always good times, bad times. But if we look at risky in general, um, I mean, you just see what's on the shelf and you see that year on year, the cost of whiskey is rising, right? So that's the advantage of risky investment because it's an FMCG and it's really driven by the market, right? So more and more people in this world are, drinking whiskey, the numbers are growing and it's growing so fast that, you know, the demand is more than the supply right now, right? You can easily Google online and read reports that um, Scotland have to open new distilleries to cope with the demands here and there. It's on Financial Times, Business Times and, and all, all sorts of uh, reports as well. And with that, with whiskey being a FMCG, of course, then what makes this a good investment is that it rides along with inflation, right? So during inflation, um, you know, the prices of whiskey go up naturally, your whiskey, your investment value goes up as well. So that's one of the very um, good thing about investing in whiskey. Nice. And I understand there is, besides the Whiskey Cask Club, there's also the Whiskey Cask Fund. So, you know, care to, you know, sort of tell us what, what are the differences between the two? Um, so we see Cast Club, of course, is our business, is the company. Um, what we do is we trade, we help people to invest into whiskey. We broker the cast between investors or between wholesalers and investors and, and all sorts. Um, the Whiskey Cast Fund was something that um, together with our fund managers, Black Road Capital, it was set up as a VCC sub-fund. This is for investors who wants to invest in a more structured way our fund managers are regulated by MAS, right? So this is something, of course, it's purely as an investment vehicle, right? Um, if you buy a cast direct from us for investment, of course, other than investing, if you wish to, you can bottle and drink some yourself. You know, you it's, it's your own cast, your own asset. You decide what you do with it. But for the whiskey cast fund, it's really purely an investment. We will, together with the fund managers, actively manage the portfolio of what we buy and what we trade in order to grow the value of the fund up. Nice. And how would a normal retail investor like myself, you know, uh, participate in the Whiskey Cask Club? Oh, it's actually very simple. Just give us a call, sit down, have a whiskey with us and, you know, we understand what kind of um, investor are you, what's your budget range, if you have any preference, and we try to look for a cast that's available in the market at that very moment that suits your needs. What is the average price of a cask then? Like, you know, if I'm a retail investor, I, I kind of like say I have maybe $5,000 <coughs> or $10,000 and I would really like to get into whiskey cask investing. Is that a reasonable starting sum or are we looking at something even bigger, like a bigger starting capital, like 50,000, 100,000? What, what's, it, what's it like? 
So I think there's a misconception that whiskey investment is very expensive um, because you always see in the media, you know, this whiskey car is going for a half a million dollars, that whiskey car is going for a few hundred thousand dollars, blah, 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 um, which is good because, you know, you want these numbers to reflect your investment, right? Um, but of course, the, the, the media, of course, will only report the, the stuff that are wonderful, newsworthy or not. Um, actually, most of our clients um, invest within... Um, 10 to 30,000 pounds per cast that will give you quite a good cast to be honest um, but of course from time to time we also got um, we have casts that we sell to our clients for as low as 5,000 pounds or maybe even lesser um, it really depends on the opportunity you know what's available at the market at a certain point in time who's selling what what's available from what you said is actually very reasonable and um, you could easily get a cast yourself and what is the time horizon we are looking at? We usually advise our clients to keep um, hold their cars for three to five years. Risky investment on average has a, shown a growth of 12 to 18% in year on year in the last 10 years. Um, so if you keep for three to five years, you get a very good, you know, almost double your investment over this three to five year period. Yeah. And are there like any unseen or or extra costs that you know we should be factoring in? For instance, <coughs> I buy a cask. Obviously, I can't store it at, like you know in the spare bedroom of my HDB flat, right? It's probably somewhere in Scotland in a distillery. So, will I have to pay like you know a rental fee to the distillery for storing my cask, or is that you know something that is already included? in my initial investment setup. Also, do I have to sort of pay the Whiskey Cask Club or even the distillery for, I don't know, taking care of the cask or, you know, like like a, a, an administrative fee, so to say? So you are right. You can't bring the cask in um, to your HDB flat, of course. Um, you wouldn't want your whiskey to be maturing in Singapore temperature anyway, right? Um, it's actually a regulation that all the whiskey casks have to be kept in the bonded warehouse so for us because we only deal with uh, scotch so we go by the SWA regulation um, so all cars have to be kept in bonded warehouse and they can only shipped out if you bottle it okay so yes there's definitely um, fees for for renting um, for putting it in the warehouse plus the insurances as well of course different brokerage firm will package these fees differently for us our fees uh, packaged into the fees that we charge you for the cars for the first five years, storage and rent uh, insurance, after which you renew it after five years. Um, it's honestly a very negligible fee if you compare it against the value that you pay for your cars. You know, I read a very interesting article the other day while researching for our interview. There was this guy who put on like a fake British accent and then he went around <laughs> Florida to, you know, scam like retirees and convince them that they're actually investing in whiskey that will make them, you know, that will triple their money or that will give them a really good return on their investment. So, you know, from... um an industry insider's point of view, is this an investment that's prone to scams? And how do we ensure that we are actually investing, you know, with somebody who is trustworthy, you know, that this is something that we will not be opening ourselves up to scammers or frauds and stuff like that? I think at the end of the day, regardless of what investments, there's always some form of scam going behind, or rather people impersonating this and that, you know. Um, and yes, I do get that kind of questions from prospects as well. 
which is also why we took on the initiative and worked with our fund managers to create a fund. Um, because at the end of the day, they are regulated by MAS. They have some form of due diligence that they need to do, you know, in order to make sure that we are a legit company and that the process is legit. So that um, our fund managers actually went to um, Scotland visited some of the distilleries, um, the warehouses, and understand the whole process um, that we go through. Of course, every brokers do need to have an appointed um, UK duty representative. Um, there's also the Walger license, WOWGR, regardless whether it's us or any other brokers that um, any retail investors who want to you know, work with, please do check on this and make sure that your brokers have the necessary paperwork. So to recap a little bit, if let's say I'm trying to ascertain that this is somebody that is uh, trusted that I can work with, first of all, I should make sure that they are hopefully regulated by the MAS. Uh, and secondly, they should have the Wogger <coughs> license. How do I spell it uh, again? W-O-W-G-R. W-O-W-G-R. So, okay. Yes, so I, I, I like to um, you know, go back to what you said mm. earlier, regulated by MES. I don't think any whiskey brokerage firm will be regulated by MES. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, it's just that we happen to have a VCC fund that is, create, that is um, set up and uh, no. Oh. <laughs> Our fund managers are regulated by MES. Okay. And when we submitted this, we got the MES approval to set up this VCC fund, but it doesn't, um, but it's not, the fund itself is not MES regulated per se, but it's run by fund managers who are regulated by MES. Okay. Yeah. I think that distinction is, is really important. And, you know, I'm sure anyone who's done a little bit of investing on the side would know that regulation does not actually guarantee a return on your investment, right? So that is something that listeners, um, if you're interested in finding out more about any kind of investment, not just whiskey investment, even if it's crypto investment, even if it's um, investing into equities and stuff like that, you should always know that regulation is not a surefire way of making sure that your money makes a form of return. Now, back to this conversation on like, you know, ensuring that the, the company that you work with is actually some someone that you can trust, right? Matthew, I know that you said that the whiskies are stored in um, a bonded warehouse, you know, so to say, right? But would it also cover, for instance, the funds that I've already put in to invest in a cask, for example, right? I know the cask itself is in a bonded warehouse, but say, for instance, I put in $10,000 to invest in a cask and then for some unforeseen reason or, you know, things like that, maybe the company disappear or maybe the company uh, have to declare bankruptcy or something <coughs> like that. Is that fund, the, the money that I've put into in this investment insured in any way against um, uh, situations like this? So when you buy a car, the car belongs to you. Um, mm -hmm. You are the certified owner of that particular car. So it has nothing to do with the brokers that you bought mm -hmm. from or helped you to secure the car. You can find another broker to help you work on the car in the future, of course. Or, mm -hmm. you know, you can always you make an arrangement with the warehouse, visit your car, you want to bottle it. It's, it's entirely up to you. Whether the broker is still around not will have no impact on your cars. And so what are the other pitfalls that, you know, investors um, should look out for if they want to invest in a whiskey cask? 
I think that uh, because we are Asians on this side of the world, um, one of the things that is currently what we are facing right now is um, FX risk. Mm. Um, because the primary currency that we are trading with is pounds. Um, of course, right now it's good for Singaporeans uh, because the exchange rate is you know, very good, very favorable for us. You are kind of like buying it at a discount price right now. Um, but of course, if it falls, you know, people who bought it earlier or touch wood, if it falls any lower, um, you know, and you don't sell it at a good time, then of course, FX risk is something that investors need to be aware of. The other situation, of course, is if the world just decides not to drink whiskey. <laughs> because at the end of the day, this, this investment is driven by demand. Right. Yeah. So if one day, you know, some scientists just release some article saying that whiskey is, you know, bad for health or, or for whatever reason it is and the world decides not to drink whiskey, that is, yeah. I was just thinking of this question uh, this morning. Like if I invest in a <coughs> cask, do I know the distillery or the brand behind the cask? And when the whiskey gets uncasked and bottled up, is it just in a nameless bottle and then gets sold to whoever wants to pick it up, like Diageo or Pono Ricard? Or is it like branded behind, like by the distillery? Like say, for instance, I, I'm just throwing out names here. For instance, if I buy a cask from um, Macallan and then when I uncask it, is it branded as a Macallan whiskey or is it just like a you know, uh, a nameless bottle and basically it's put out in the market to see who will bring it, uh, who will take it up. So when you buy a cast, um, all brokers will give you the specs of the cast. Where Where is it distilled at? You know, from which distillery at what year? What's the cast number? Um, the ABV, the real liters of alcohol, all this information will be given to you about your cast. Every cast is unique, of course. Um, and if you choose to bottle it, um, you can put on the label that is distilled at Macallan, right? But you can't have the brand name Macallan because that is belongs to Macallan, right? You can have your your whatever brand name that you want. You, you can have it as Google Talk Money if you want to, <laughs> right? Google Talk Money Whiskey. And that's what most independent uh, labelers will do. But without the backing of a strong brand or a known brand, how attractive um, would this whiskey be once it's once once we uncask it and bottle it? So so that's why I say you can claim that it's distilled at Macallan or it's distilled mm. at Glenlivet. So people would know that this is still coming out from Macallan. This is coming out from Glenlivet. Um, it's just that you can't use the actual logo of mm. those various brands. Mm. And have you personally bought a whiskey, uh, a bottle of whiskey like that? Of course, of course. Um, I actually, I, I, I prefer the independent bottles, bottles um, because it's, I mean, not saying that I don't like the regular original bottles, but um, the independent, it's like craft beer to, you know, your okay. draft beer, right? Yeah. Um, it's just different. It's just more mm -hmm. unique. Of course, your regular original bottles, they are still good, definitely. But, you know, when you try a, in, um, something that is bottled from this cast, this single cast or that's, that cast it can be a surprise because you you never know what you're gonna get nice 
Okay, wow. Now I'm very curious as to what um, uh, an independent, you know, labeler uh, whiskey really tastes like. So, and some know, of them would actually, you know, because they buy the cast, they can recast it into some kind of uh, maybe, maybe it was originally in a bourbon cast. They can recast it into a sherry cast. They can recast it into, you know, a, a cognac cast or something and make it something more unique, something more different. So that's why, you know, it's, it's, very, it's very interesting in the world of the independent bottlers. And tell us more about the community in Singapore. Are there regular meetups where you all share your experience, expertise, you know, insights into this whole journey? It's, it's, so, it's simply so fascinating. Yeah, tell us more. I'm sure there are a lot of whiskey lovers groups all around Singapore that conducts all these uh, events and all. Um, we ourselves are trying to do that as well. Um, for the last year, because and also because of fun, um, we were you know really busy getting things going and selling the fun. But right now, we really that's why we name ourselves a club because we want to not just sell but also be on the experiential side of things as well. We want to have a community coming together because of the love of whiskey and do more than just buying and trading whiskey. Um, so. Ourselves, we are also going to organize, um, you know, whiskey pairing dinners, uh, whiskey tasting sessions, um, and even trips to Scotland to visit some of the distilleries and for some of our investors to visit their cars as well. Wow. Yeah, you, you've gotten me really excited about this whole this whole thing called whiskey cask investing. So if a listener or even myself, you know, if I want to find out more about investing in whiskey cask, where do I go and who can I speak with? So our website is whiskeycaskclub.com, uh, whiskey without an E, W-I-S-K-Y. Um, so just drop us a note through our contact form and one of us will definitely get in touch with you and arrange a session to meet up and talk about whiskey over a dram of whiskey. Nice. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, Matthew. And, you know, um, I look forward to uh, speaking with you more around whiskey cask investing and, you know, sharing, sharing a bottle of very good whiskey as well. Thank you, Matthew, for your time. Thank you for your time too. Now that you've hopefully learned a bit about whiskey cask investing, what other alternative asset would you be interested in and why? Let us know at goodgirlstalkaboutmoney at gmail.com. Good Girls Talk About Money is produced and edited by me, Mark Lim. Thank you for tuning in and we look forward to seeing you again in the next episode. The advice shared in this podcast has not taken your personal risk and finances into consideration. Please seek the advice of your financial advisor before making any decision about your money.